Hello, this is Sasha. And this is Steven. And this is Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where we invite our guests on to champion an aspect of pop culture, the world that they feel is underrated or underappreciated by most. Joining us today, we have not one, but two guests, very special guests, an improv team called Red Door. Justin Michael Terry and Ryan Marsico. Did I say that right, guys? You did, actually. I nailed it. Which is surprising. A lot of people get Ryan's name wrong. Marisco? What did they say? Uh, yeah, a lot of mariscos uh, <laughs> if you're Spanish. Yeah, I guess that's seafood. Which is, yeah, it's seafood. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Seafood is uh-huh. here with us today. <laughs> oh, cousin of Ryan Seacrest. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yes. Yeah, Different I'm, last names, but... And I am Justin Michael Cloth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for coming uh, to the studio today. Thanks for having us, you Before guys. we get to the topic of the podcast... We wanted to hear a little bit of bio. Like, you know, we know you as amazing improvisers that we enjoy seeing on stage. Thank you. But um, how, how would you do, what would you, why don't you do a bio of each other? So uh, how about that? Ryan, so why you wanna, don't you, you do a bio of, sure. yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, so Justin Michael Terry is from Denver, Colorado. Wow. Um, little oh, oh. <laughs> already, already got it wrong. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Justin's from Colorado. He uh, he's done improv for longer than most people uh, have done a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so uh, forever, um, an incredible actor with an amazing range. A very good writer as well, um, and uh, and a you know lovable idiot. I'm gonna make some stuff up. Yeah, make some stuff up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sell, uh, he can it. fly. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wow. Truth. Great. Um, all right. How about uh, the other way around? Uh, Ryan Marsco. Wow. Where do I start? <laughs> uh, this guy comes from a an incredibly blended and beautiful family from Orlando, Florida. Uh, he has like 11 mothers, um, at least three fathers. Um, <laughs> it's really mixed. Uh, he he He's done... At least, uh, over a decade's worth of improv comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, longer you, than most you, people have done then, anything. Uh, but but, but do you mean like more. if you play it like real time, it's going to amount to more than 10 years? Uh, he's had at least 10 years of <laughs> On the training. Trip. Okay. Probably 15 years performing, but a lifetime on the stage. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, his entire family oh, comes from this. He's a All volunteer. His mothers. He's a volunteer firefighter. He, <laughs> I'm uh, not taking that. That's, that's stolen valor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not letting you say fosters, that. He fosters. He will stop on the streets and, and shake hands with every dog he meets. That is, that is true, actually. Yeah. Um, he, in a Dr. Doolittle sense, can speak to most animals. Now, which um, Dr. Doolittle are we, t- are we talking about? Eddie oh, Murphy? Are we talking about no, no, no. Robert Downey Jr.? Kind of like a mulatto mixture of the two <laughs> is that a is that a bad term to be. say these days Mulatto. i don't know anymore yeah uh, i, I think you know. meant macchiato i don't know oh a macchiato he's a macchiato <laughs> yeah. macchiato blend uh yeah. <laughs> it's a robert downey uh <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, who was the other guy? He said Eddie Murphy. Well, yeah, Eddie Murphy was the first one. Yeah. Well, that is also you're a remake. absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're That's all a remakes. remake. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know who plays the, the book original. was first, right? So... Oh well, of course the book, <laughs> which is based on a glyph uh, that they uh-huh. found in Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> just a man uh, talk, talking just... at a camel. Right. It was King <laughs> Tut talking to <laughs> some birds, and some then... some Anubis <laughs> stories, and a triangle, and they were like, "This guy can speak to it." Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Ryan did his research, and he does it all. 
Um, he's 21 years quote. old, and <laughs> he's, he's just in his prime. He's married. Uh, this is his fourth marriage, but I think he finally figured it out and found a really lovely wife in Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Beautiful introduction. Yeah. And I'd say about 40% correct. Okay. Pretty good. Well, you know, it was great. Pretty good for me. All right. Uh, well, what are we, what are you guys going to talk to us about today? What do you got? So, so when you told us that, yeah, the prompt was something we love that I guess most people are, are not uh, big fans of or hate. Um, it stumped us for a good month, and we were just going to come in and talk about improv because we had nothing. And then <laughs> we're, two of, we're two of those guys that hate everything. <laughs> the yeah. most typical improvisers thing, we could just talk about improv. I mean, yeah, well, you were like, that. Yeah. we'll fall back on that. And I was like, well, we have nothing, man. I don't know what else to say. But you know that, and this is, <laughs> it's hilarious because I'm about to mention improv uh, while defending improv, uh, is that old improv saying that like improv is a way of life. <laughs> so no matter how we approach anything, it's going to fall it's into true. those parameters mm-hmm. one way or the it's other. It's not scripted. No. No. no, yeah. no, no Nothing no. we do is scripted. Um, but that's what we're talking about. But also like uh, part of our dynamic, <laughs> which made place. it tricky to find something is uh, a, a general rule, like a blanket statement is he tends to hate most things and I love mm. everything. So oh. uh, that's part that helps our dynamic a lot in our yeah. writing and our improv that makes it very fun. Uh, but made it a little tricky to come on to like a same page of something we both love and other people hate. So then the thing we did uh, <laughs> land on just last night uh, was death. Great. So and it's not debt. No, uh, that is sadder and scarier than death. Something we both also experience. Yeah, death is a sweet yeah. release. Debt follows right. you everywhere. Exactly. Debt outlives you. Yeah, correct. So. Yeah. As as I, as I'm thinking to. A file bankrupt. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, um, cool death. So definitely inevitable, right? Uh, yes. Definitely. So far, well, so for as it stands right now yeah. in the yeah. world, yes. And uh, underappreciated. I, yeah. I well, think, we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah. we will. Let's I mean, get... if the 1999 movie The Mummy taught us anything, <laughs> death is only the beginning. And uh, <laughs> models are still a great way to fool the camera. Correct, <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, he doesn't mean... Uh, Supermodels? No, no, no. Victoria's no. Secret? Jeffrey Epstein's uh, victims? No? He definitely means uh, little little models. Mm, miniatures. Used for like pyramids and buildings. <laughs> um, um, well, we're killing this podcast. All right, so death. All right. So Which brings us back, back to, to death. death. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pretty existential topic, wouldn't you say, Stephen? Yeah, I'd say absolutely. Exist- existential at its core. Uh, do we exist or not? Uh, to be or not to be. Today we'll find out. I'm, answers we to will all answer of this it by questions. the end of this podcast. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Sasha, I was about to jump into the full monologue from Hamlet. I am uh, so sorry. Uh, how, oh. did, how did this come up between you guys yesterday when you were, this idea of talking about death? It was a text at 11.53 p.m. <laughs> this is very true. Uh, uh, yeah, we, well, in our, in our writing and our comedy, we are, um, we're big fans of dark comedy. I think finding the light and the humor in the macabre and uh, the dark is something we we um, thoroughly enjoy. It makes us laugh. We make each other laugh with it. And I think that was something that struck uh, us last night, realizing that that was a very that was a common ground that I think is not a typical topic that most people are like, yeah, high five, death. Uh, <laughs> There's also uh, uh, jumping back into the improv lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you're keeping it. It's on always improv. there. I'll keep it on death it's always there to jump in uh, and jump out. There, uh, going back to our our comedy 
leanings. Mm -hmm. There is that rule in improv not to kill your scene partner Mm -hmm. that was around for a while. Well, we're a a two-person team, and we found early on that you absolutely can because the only thing stopping you from playing a million characters is yourself. Uh, so if I write murder, uh, yeah, this is chapter, Someone's chapter one of our book, yeah. chapter one of our book, kill your uh, scene part. Uh, if you don't like that character, make him be another one. I think chapter one's kill your ego. Chapter two is kill your scene Oh part. yeah. yeah. Wow. Chapter three is kill yourself. Uh, you'll oh, make God. no money doing this job. Yeah. Very short book and mostly pictures. It's a pamphlet, it's a pamphlet with a, a lot of, uh, drawings as examples. Um, but we we kill each other in shows and scenes all the time. And also, I guess, in our writing, oh, I, this is going to sound worse than it is. But we, like, we don't necessarily view human life as precious. Like, it can be lost for the uh, gain of moving a story forward or trying to advance any sort of you like gotta show. hit you gotta hit all those uh cat save the cat beats right yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta uh, kill uh, some yeah. characters can't save a cat without killing a few yes <laughs> same way you make an omelet yeah <laughs> classic say cat omelet mm. uh so you don't necessarily think life is precious when it comes to writing how about in the real world what do you think about the preciousness of life mm. i have been um I've been extremely fortunate in not uh, dealing, I guess, with death a, a lot firsthand. Mm. I have been, I mean, knock on wood, very fortunate with um, family members and things. Uh, but my my dad lost his parents when he, uh, his dad when he was six and his mom when he was 16. Huh. And then uh, my wife lost her mom at 20, at 19, when she was 19, and then her dad uh, about six years ago. So... I feel like I've been uh, within the circle, maybe on towards the outer part of that that circle, and I've seen how it's affected people. And I think it's something that uh, I'm beyond scared of. I think it's like I I want to experience everything. I don't know what uh, it, life is. None of us do. But I think uh, leaving too early, whatever that means, is something that kind of scares me. So I think uh, hand uh, facing death, um, encountering it, writing about it. Um, facing it head on a lot is, I think, maybe uh, a way I'm able to accept it and cope mm. with it, that yeah. kind of a thing. So I think it's a it's a defense mechanism, uh, finding that like that that light uh, within death and the topic. <clears throat> that's that's mine. I think your your mind's a little different. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I hate everything. I've killed many. <laughs> I, I've I've seen the light leave many an eye. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, but uh, I, oh, man, where do I even start? Um, uh, when I was 13, my sister was hit by a truck and she died, mm-hmm. but was brought back to life. Um, so she's alive now. Wow. Um, just kind of, yeah, like mm, she's, <laughs> she's eccentric. <laughs> Uh, I'll say that. Shout out to your sister. Shout out to my sister. She's great. She she doesn't know how podcast works. She'll never hear this. Uh, What's her name? uh, Heather. Heather. Um, And she's just she's she's brash. Uh, That's a good word. So if you listener out there know a brash Heather, yeah, could be the Uh, one. Especially kind of, but not really. Yeah, Denver, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't tell her about this podcast episode. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not going to tell anyone. You heard about us pitching our show earlier. Uh, (laughs) We're terrible at it. Um, And then my mom uh, was also hit by a car. 
different car. A different car. Same day? Uh, no, no, no. no. A, okay. A few years apart. And she broke all her bones and, and was like in the hospital for a long time. My sister was in a coma for like three months. Um, so like 50% of my family has been tragically injured. Uh, yeah, the, the invention of automobile hasn't been good uh, no, no, no. for your family. Uh, I, I would say the I wheel. Because yes. let, <laughs> let me go back even further. Uh, <laughs> um so, uh, and all my, all my grandparents are dead. Um, mm. I've had a few aunts die in the last couple of years, but I'm also like very, uh, disconnected from family, especially extended family. So I have like no real connections to anybody. Um, uh, uh, Ryan just recoiled, uh, especially those closest to me. Uh, physically. Okay. Also, cool, cool, cool. I, uh, like I don't, <laughs> I don't care about death. Uh, every time I'm on a plane and there's like heavy turbulence and I'm listening to music, I'm just like, yeah. Does it happen to, to you go. a lot? Uh, I think yeah. God's trying to take me out. <laughs> if he existed, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> you know, fuck you, fuck you, God. Um, um. <laughs> that's god yeah. come in uh, because if yeah. there's one thing we know about god he lives in wood and cares uh <laughs> um but uh, i also view it as like oh my girlfriend has the same kind of vibe as that we're all gonna die mm-hmm. um she's and, right yeah uh, uh, but as far as we know to, like stop necessarily worrying about it so i haven't i haven't <laughs> this is come, gonna come back to bite me in the ass i haven't been to a doctor in like nine years mm. something like that um dentist uh yeah f- from a groupon just to get a checkup <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, all right uh, yeah everything's fine the opposite. Um, I've been because the it's not like times. it's not like i decided oh i'm not gonna go to the doctor i'm just gonna give up on my body <laughs> <laughs> so i still like yeah here we are and yeah here we are well, uh hold on my you're not IVs shitting are blood. In the way. you're not shitting blood are you uh no are, are we on the doctorly. air? This is first reformed <laughs> reference. Okay, I'm making really smart references to movies. These are very good. Uh, <laughs> did you say first reformed? Yeah. The Ethan Hawke movie. Yeah. I watched that. Good movie, huh? Yeah, it was pretty good. All right. I mean, in my opinion, Paul Schaefer kind of fell off the rails after Taxi Paul Schaefer. Driver. <laughs> after After David Letterman yeah, went after, off the air, Paul Schaefer. Really. Schrader. What's his name? Paul Schrader. 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 <laughs> Paul Schaefer too, though. Honestly, yeah, where is he? What's you know? he doing now? What are either one of them doing? Uh, <laughs> um, but so you have him to the doctor, and you are not waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh my god, what if this cough that's taking too long is a sign of something more no, serious? No, I mean those thoughts flash across my mind, but at the same time, I'm like, there are those uh, Chinese families who uh, the grandmother is gets cancer. And the family decides not to tell her. And the doctors are like, she's going to die in no. two months. And what? then she lives like five more what years. What reference do we, what movie have we Yeah, now we're just that's describing movie. the movie The Farewell. <laughs> that's that's real life. Yeah. Uh, is that also The Farewell? That's what The Farewell is about. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. I didn't see last that. Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a news article from like seven or eight years ago. Oh, that's probably how they made it. Yeah, Based it on the art. usually takes about that long to get your dream projects made. <laughs> I watch movies too, just not these movies, apparently. <laughs> okay. um, uh, foreign language film. Ah, uh-huh, yes. Only Paul Schaefer movies. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm like Disney's Paul Hercules. Schaefer. Yep. And uh, uh, Drumline. 
<laughs> you know, just the good ones. Just the drum yeah. drum movies? He was the drummer, right? No, he played piano. <laughs> so Which is why keyboard, he was so bad keyboard, in the movie. Keyboard, right? yeah. The yeah. So, so far, it looks like you are like either choosing to ignore death in some way or like say, like quietly say fuck you to it or accept it, right? Kind of. But not really think about it too much. Yeah, I think it, I'm the opposite. Like you said on planes, you're like, cool, I could go like this. Yeah. And the second that happens, I'm like, I, it, I got to make some calls. the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I want to go like, I, I want my wife and I go in her sleep with our dogs next to us and also dying. So, you know, I guess carbon monoxide is the way I want to <laughs> Not go. like everybody else in the <laughs> like bus. <a> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Right. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I think it is, it's a. It's a form of acceptance. I think you have to. I mean, everybody does, right? It's No, not everybody does. I mean, people look for, like, you know, like they say, I don't know, my shrink says that uh, as people get older, like to like 50, 60, they start, if they haven't figured out like how they feel about death, like for the first time it hits them. And that's when they start having like crazy, like life crises, like where they, mm. they can't figure out like, what does it mean that I'm going to die in the X amount of years? And I, mm. I still haven't thought of that. Like, and you know, like that's why I never wanted to end up in that situation. That's why I personally did for the last, over the last few years, a lot of psychedelics to mm -hmm. face that issue like head on. Yeah. But I feel like before then I was scared of death. Cause I remember being like five years old and like for the first time realizing that I'm going to die. And I grew up in Soviet union. So we didn't believe in God. And it was like, there's no option. Like if you die, you die. Very atheist. And and so I, I for the first time realized that I'm going to die. And I remember like crying, like bawling so hard for so long. And I feel like that pain I was carrying with me for a while until I did do a bunch of psychedelics, just a ton of mushrooms and DMT. And like oh, I DMT. figured, yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, I want to try that. Yeah, oh, I DMT. Yeah, yeah. is great. I know. Yeah. yeah, and I figured that out. Like, I feel like now I have for a while answers to carry with. Like, I don't need to think about it in the paralyzed, scared way, which initially was my response to the fact that I would die what one day. What did you figure out? It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Let it, me open it, that door. Yeah, with a, <laughs> I mean, in the length of a podcast, I imagine it'd be difficult to explain yeah, your like yeah. psychedelic. But mostly, you feel like you you experience, experience the fact that you are not the con like the what you experience day to day. The human existence is not the highest consciousness that you're part of. And yeah. there's another consciousness that you uh, transcend, and mm -hmm. you like ex experience it. Like you get to be that consciousness, and you get to unite with whatever the higher power might be, whatever universe, God. Um, and and so like based on that experience, based on not being human for a while and coming back to the human experience, you bring back the knowledge of like what else is possible. So I don't know how this afterlife would work. Like if like, like where does Sasha go? And do I forget all my human experience and I become like part of like this, you know, hive mind or I don't know how can the fuck I, that works. Write it, write a, write a project, write a movie about it. Cause, uh, I just, I want to challenge your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if the psychedelics are just there to trigger and ignite various parts of the incredible machine that is the human brain? But when death comes, the brain stops and all of that's nothing. And all you experienced was a f 
wispy little glimpse of nothingness. But it's possible. Does, does that matter? Yeah, I was going to say, it but doesn't, doesn't that allow you to live the rest of your consciousness mm-hmm. here? But I'm saying that has nothing to do with death and everything to do with experiencing life. You just want Sasha to uh, lose the solace yeah. that she I, has I, found. It's impossible because um, I think well, life and death are inevitably entangled. They they are. Uh, you can't untangle them. I'm only here to shake the foundations <laughs> of I am your just, belief I, I, and comfort. See, like I think it would be very hard for you to change how I feel because. Because those experiences are very profound and in uh, the very personal and there's something to be said for like yeah you cannot put it in human language like you if you if you have lived that and the time obviously has different quality when you're tripping your balls off you are like living millennia uh in the, like a god's mind so when you bring that experience back it, it's you know, the question that you just posed about like, what if it's just, you know, the brain tricking you? It's so profound. And if exactly, if that's what it is, then like it sort of answers all the questions. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, then it doesn't need afterlife. Like it's, it's, it's very like, it's yeah. beyond how then we even think of afterlife because that's some, so much deeper that experience of See, being and, God. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that because I've done, I've done um, uh, like microdosing with um, some shrooms, which is just, uh, that was more of like a, uh, I don't know, like a, uh, you would take uh, antidepressants. So it's just kind of like something like that. I didn't feel the, the profound and uh, ethereal experience, but I am dying to. So uh, I love that you... Um, told us about that because that's something I too have been uh, several people who have had that experience um, have said they felt something like that and because I am so uh, afraid of I guess um, death happening uh, what I consider too early or happening um, unexpectedly I think that's something that I w- would very much cope and make it a little easier um, yeah I mean because all you can do is hopefully enjoy your human life right and well, you have you to keep, just do good you put love first yeah and, then and it I think teaches you, you like compassion becomes the answer to all everything. the like ego questions that you've brought in with you on the trip I hear you lose ego yeah, yeah and like but like that sheds away right away like pretty much when you really trip hard <laughs> like that just collapses yeah. right away there's not even like but my ego like no it's like yeah. that shit is gone <laughs> and then like you spend the time in a different you know, DMT more like you spend time with like aliens and different planes that have no human experience. But like mushrooms definitely always try to like bring you back to like Mother Earth and like experience. Yeah, I want to do it in nature. I yeah, want to like yeah, ground yeah. and walk barefoot. Yeah. And like, so like yeah. my my dog had, um, I'll explain why I'm bringing it up. But my dog had a crazy like sudden thing where his stomach turned. It's called bloat. And so he was dying last week. And, like, I thought I was going to lose him. Like, they told me, like, he had an hour to live. And they said, like, it's either, like, $9,000 surgery, which we do have insurance, but didn't, like, have $9,000, like, whatever. But it's, or, like, you you just euthanize him right now because he's in so much pain. He's dying. Like, you need to euthanize him right now. Um, And, like, we, you know, pulled together the money. And then we, they were operating on Spoon and my dog. And... Like, I didn't know who to pray because it was so, like, it was like a thing of, like, he's going to make it or not, 50% chance of survival during the surgery. And my dog is, like, a, I'm very close to him because we do, like, also sports, dog sports together. Yeah. And uh, so, like, we're a team. So it was, like, y'all, why yeah. are you guys losing the other one? You know what I mean? It's like you're losing your partner and, like, the shit that you do. Well, apparently I would be more affected by that than Justin <laughs> Morton from Justin what I heard earlier. Be I would be just relieved. get a new dog, Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, 
and so like i i i realized that like what my job was in those two hours when they operating him that was like to pray and i was like well who i'm gonna pray to and i prayed to like fucking mother earth like the mother earth that i like encountered and like i had experiences with during my mushroom trips yeah specifically. and i think but that across the board i think that's what it, i mean every religion is saying the same thing which is just that there's you know that's what you believe uh, is a higher power so it really doesn't matter um, but I think it's just it's the energy, the frequency and the, that that you're putting out in a prayer, like mm -hmm. you were saying. So you don't need a, a set destination. I think just the uh, I mean, there's so much we don't understand, even within ourselves on like micro levels or like, you know, all that kind of stuff, I think is. Or it's just brain playing the tricks on us. And who fucking cares? I honestly sure, feel like so much of this stuff is just <laughs> things that people have created to cope with whatever it is going on in the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, if that's I'm, what it was. I'm always going to look at the But if it was like that, it would be so easy. Like, because you could just take it and like put on yourself. Which I feel like that's like a Christian religion. It's like, like you, yeah, like it's kind of like very like, uh, like, you know, it's like a story, right? Like you take it on and you, you're like, well, that's what like the story they've been saying for like a couple of thousands of years. Like that, that's how it is. But I, I don't know, like the first handness of the experience that you get from doing mushrooms like hardcore not I mean, like uh, or whatever it might be like however those you, you like that gets you to that spot like i feel like the it's it's like it's hard to like say that like somebody told you to do it because you like fucking experience it so i was born like completely like an atheist i was like well can't believe in god like it doesn't make sense like you know santa claus doesn't exist like like you know everything should have should have brought wow. your children our main it, yeah. yeah our main audience is seven to nine year olds <laughs> let's but. just remember it doesn't exist in the soviet union yeah. <laughs> uh, right. santa claus exists everywhere else yeah. <laughs> he just skipped over the ussr back when it existed uh, yeah, yeah once the beatles sang about it <laughs> crimson tide is about that <laughs> about how santa claus yeah. doesn't exist yeah, yeah. that's an interesting read yeah yeah i gotta rewatch crimson tide now with that yeah. in mind das boot is about a sleigh uh <laughs> so, the hunt for red october uh -huh. it's all it's all about his red Rudolph. coat it's Rudolph about the red outfit red uh -huh. why do you think it's called red yeah, yeah. paul yeah. shaver was in that right yeah <laughs> u571 is actually blitzen so i i mean you know that's just my experience but i, I guess I'm, what i'm saying is that like to find it uh to find it by your own journey like on your own trip on your own journey wasn't something that somebody told me to experience like, like i didn't join a cult mm -hmm. i i like i i experienced it in my blood in my brain and so if that's what helps me to like live the rest of my life then i'm fucking grateful for it is what i'm saying have oh. you thought that maybe okay go ahead that's how yeah <laughs> somebody put uh, uh that's how little... the original like Christianity began. I'm sure. I'm so, like, sure somebody was eating tripping. crazy shit in the desert, oh, and no we're doubt. just like, I've yeah. seen the nuttiest stuff. No, no, Yo, Josh just turned water into wine, <laughs> and they're no just drinking sand. <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know, just tripping but, balls. Back but can I just say that all those hallucinations that like are really like interesting to talk about? They're like the earliest stages of like when you're tripping on mushrooms. When you go really deep, like you can't. You just fucking laying there, and like your brain is like in, elsewhere. Yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. So you can't like the, you know the water turned into wine is probably like the first like gram like it's just like they're like really feeling it like but when you're that far gone like you you just flashing like universes have been uh created and exploded in front of you within milliseconds and so you like experience that that's wild so 
that's just my take on death guys. <laughs> yeah I, I, but that's the thing but, is nobody knows There's nobody no knows way. and the sheer size of the universe is something i can't comprehend i think anything that helps me just kind of like i think the reason we don't know is because there's nothing there okay you die and there's nothing if there was a trace of something afterwards there's probably a chance that there's a glimmer of science that would have like picked something up at this but point. energy can neither be created nor destroyed Einstein. so in that <laughs> in that sense uh you're all of us here are energy uh, right so the where does that that has to go somewhere it doesn't just end so i think and also the other thing too is we have uh, i'm not saying we don't go back to the universe well, yes but we have I, we only have uh five ways of of uh, interacting or receiving uh what the world in I front of it. us is cats dogs yes exactly <laughs> clouds, squirrels sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> and sandwiches. Uh, but i mean like honestly like the, you know like uh, a sharks can sense magnetic fields and we can't do that at all um i think there are i, th I think there could be an entirely other uh plane of existence or or something that we can't even uh register so i i think you could I'm sure there is well, you're just saying there's nothing. Now, which one is no, it, I'm sir? I'm saying that. <laughs> also, you hold his feet to the fire. I'm saying once we die, that's it for us. That's it for us as we know it here and everywhere. <laughs> you, so everyone you knows that. Can I just go back for a second? You said your sister died and she was brought back to life. Yeah. So tell us more about that. She knows about nothing. That she knows nothing about it. Yeah, but she, she forgot. went she was... right back to doing drugs. <laughs> And is she was three months in a to coma. Day. Yeah. So she doesn't remember anything no, from No, she's there, got right? no great stories from the afterlife. She was hit by a truck. I assume that some of the memories got knocked out. Yeah. Like everything <laughs> leading up to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, everybody. There's there's nothing there. So she never uh, talked about a white light or anything like tunnel. that? No, tunnel. A tunnel? No. Uh, none of that's there. I don't think uh, you really talked to her about it. No, no, no. You're not no, close no. with her. <laughs> you're probably like, hey, welcome back. I'm going to go get a sandwich. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Uh, I was the first person to make her laugh when she came out of her coma. She was so uh, loopy. By Anybody jabbing could. her in the face with spoonfuls of yogurt because she couldn't do anything oh, yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> she did actually. We were just uh, we were just home, and she did tell me that story. <laughs> that uh, she couldn't like wipe it off, and he was just like he was like kept missing on purpose as he fed her, and funny. she was like so pissed off she ended up laughing. That and uh, to go back to that whole Egypt thing. Uh, she, I got her a little stuffed animal of a camel and I kept sticking its ass in her face. <laughs> you know, she thought real that classic comedy moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ass she couldn't face, move at all. Yard. Like she couldn't respond. Uh, no, she was, I mean, her body was atrophied mm -hmm. until she got mm -hmm. it back in somewhat working order. Heather. Heather. Just tell her about this. Love you, girl. How, how old were you when this happened? Uh, 13. Okay, was this the first time that death was like staring you in the face in such a stark way? And she was way? 13 too? Wait, you were no, she was 19. Oh, okay. She oh, was okay. 19. Uh, she was on her way to uh, buy some drugs and mm -hmm. uh, got hit by As a truck. you do. Uh, she was sober at the time though. Mm -hmm. uh, the driver of the truck was drunk. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, yes, um, my grandparents might have died before that. I'm okay. not sure. I remember, uh, but I don't well, remember. When did you kill them? Uh, this would have been 
Yeah, uh, like six or seven yeah, murders in. Oh, I was going to say, I thought at six or seven you killed your Six or seven. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, they were snoring. Ambitious. <laughs> um, they all slept together in a bed like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah, we were all on that Spoiler farm alert. in Norway. Yeah. The kids um, are pissed that Santa Claus doesn't exist. We yeah. just told them the whole plot of <laughs> Willy Wonka. What do you mean they can't make it to the farm, Grandma? <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh I don't remember which grandparent it was, but I remember, uh, it was, I guess it was my granddad. He might've died first. Cause I remember touching his face in the casket. Wow. Just are you... like to see if it was cold or something, right? <laughs> no, like how waxy it was. Yeah. He looked so waxy. I how waxy was it? Uh, it was so waxy. <laughs> I could have let a wick off his fucking No, face. you missed him. No, I was going to rhyme it with Dick. And then I was like, it's my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Are you supposed to touch him? No, I don't think so. I, I, but you know, no one was looking. The Everybody ignorance of youth and the curiosity yeah. of the young, I think, and I think get away with all sorts of things. And you could catch death. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. If, yeah. I poked his face. His I saw some, some some wisp come out of his lips, <laughs> yeah. and I caught it, put it in my pocket. And ever since then, I've had my grandfather in this folding knife. <laughs> Uh, he talks to me. Don't let him He's out. Like, it's a bone handle with a scrimshaw's unhappy face on it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. First emoticon I ever had. Uh, yeah, and I was uh, I was the one who woke up because uh, my sister getting hit by the truck happened in the middle of the night, and uh, somebody was banging on the door downstairs like two or three in the morning, and I woke up and like stumbled downstairs and just opened the front door, and there were flashlights in my face, and they were like. <laughs> who are you? And I was like, what's happening? And they were like, are your parents here? And I was like, yeah. And I just yelled upstairs to my mom and dad. Uh, and then eventually they came down and I went back up the stairs, but stood at the top and like listened as they told my parents that my sister had been in a, involved in an accident and they like, weren't sure what was going on, but she had been hit by a truck. Uh, and she was after, walking down the street. She was mm-hmm. uh, crossing a street and got like, I guess if she were a human car, she got T-boned. So just, yeah, hit by a truck. Uh, Uh, Exploded. um, And then was put back together in the hospital. Yeah, they pieced her back together. Um, Frank and Heather. Uh, Frank and Heather's monster. (laughs) You're right. right. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, And then I remember like either that same night or very close by my my dad being maybe it was it was probably my mom and my dad it feels more like my dad would say this he was like what'd you answer the door for that could have been anyone that could have come in and murdered us <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess i wasn't paying attention someone was pounding on the door at two in the morning uh, i gotta let them in you're right that's uh, not yeah. that's not the typical home invasion move. <laughs> We're here. But, Get ready. We're yeah. here. Not a sir, bad, not sir, a have strategy. you heard about our Lord Jesus yeah. Christ? <laughs> it's time to meet a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, not a bad move. So yeah. neither of you grew up religious. Or... Oh, I went to Catholic school. Yeah, I went to Bible camp. We went to church. And then as my uh, parents got older, we stopped going as much. And they started. And I also, uh, the more I looked into it, was more like... This shit this doesn't. This seems <laughs> something off. doesn't I, check if, out. Yeah, here. and again, if we don't know now, there's no way they knew back then. You know, uh. like there's just no way. Uh, and, but that's to say, you know, whatever you want to follow, you follow. But again, I still think they all kind of like 
blanket statement. You just believe that there's something out there, and it's just each one says it a little differently. Um, but yeah, I I I, uh, I lost it uh, a while back. I was like, yeah, we all as a family kind of just like it dissipated, and then we were much happier. <laughs> you never went to church again, like a, it, no, I yeah. yeah, I mean maybe. I don't know. My cousin was married in a church, so we went then. Yeah, right. and I had burn up, so um, didn't burn up. <laughs> but I had just been bit by a vampire, so it, it didn't yeah, take yeah, it. I, I, had, I hadn't had the lust yet. Um, uh, yeah, no, not not religious. Uh, my favorite part of going to church growing up was going to uh, Jack in the Box after for their breakfast mm. sandwiches. Mm. Uh, that's what I remember. See, mine was going up to get wine when I was too young, so I think that's when my alcoholism started. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my um, mom used to take me to Wendy's after uh, Hebrew school every Sunday to get a spicy uh, chicken sandwich. Oh, hell yeah. So, How do you yeah. feel? Like, yeah, that's it's a Jewish favorite, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, does, it, does it make the sandwich make you feel religious, or does religion make you feel hungry now? What's the mm. connection? Oh yeah, wow. like a Pavlov's. Yeah, dog I, I feel like we're all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't have either no. very often yeah. anymore. So, I I think in the last maybe like fifteen years, I've had one spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's, um, and it was all right. Okay, so not as good as you remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, religion, my review religion, of religion. No. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. All right. it's all right. Religion now makes me sick, and yeah. everything makes me want a spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's religion. Not for me, but you do you. That's it helps thing. you, go for it, man. Yeah, I but live and uh, let live. I don't like the, uh, I believe this, and that's why you are wrong as well, or you right. have to believe. I think you can't do that. You just can't. Yeah, it's a, whatever anyone believes, is I fully support. 100%. The evangelizing and all that can fuck right off. It, yeah, I, there's a certain, I think, level of like, yeah, that's when it gets, uh, if you're not, if love is no longer at the forefront of your belief, I think you're believing something wrong. Um, oh, but, oh my God. Religion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Especially. The, God, the death I, of critical thinking. Yeah, the death of critical thinking. <laughs> uh, like Christian and Catholic religions, I think right now are some of the most ignorant bs causes for every single strife almost on the planet at this point it's infuriating to me and if you're listening out there yeah just Christian, so you guys know justin is smiling well, if you're out That's there and you're time. listening <laughs> oh my god i mean how many how many wars how many deaths how many abused that... children how many abused people have all been covered up and hidden by organized religions based on well, like christianity also the fact that religion is uh, not taxed i think is insane oh yeah uh, and you hide and the, behind the that crimes wealth. the crimes of the money the they're allowed to get it was disgusting it's just drenched in gold it was dripping and in the gold tears of young and boys in the tour in the tour this woman was like and you see those sparkles above that mural it was a it was a mosaic i mean an incredible like a wall-sized mosaic and you just see these tiny little like silver sparkles above one of the the heads of the uh, figure and she was like yeah those are all diamonds and i was like i just passed like seven homeless people a woman with bags on her feet for shoes walked into the vatican gift shop and they shoved her out and said get out of here and i was like how do you live in this dripping in this wealth and then you preach all this stuff and then you kick a homeless woman oh, but out. also on top of that every form of like moving forward as a human race is shunned and told that we're wrong it's like marriage is you can't control yeah you can't you believe what you want but you can't control others and that's why that because some guy three thousand years ago tripped on shrooms and tricked a bunch of people (laughs) into having a mind-bending experience 
you were wrong. It was a woman because oh, matriarch. There you go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Immaculate conception. Matriarchs were first, guys. Uh, yeah, women are just smarter anyway. Um, yeah. I, uh, taking advantage of men. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here to defend yeah. white straight yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, the white straight man has it's, it so hard in this world. It's about time we had a voice, and this podcast is where it's at. Yeah, we'll be posting oh. this episode on the red pill. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, this podcast terrible. recently became a top hundred, like ninety fifth uh, comedy interview in America. I don't know, so maybe someone's That's listening. right. Watch yeah. out, Mark Maron. We're coming for you. Yeah. Watch out, Mitch right McConnell. We love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going to nope. go back to comedy, like why do you like uh, macabre comedy more than you like? Uh, I don't know what Parks and Rec. Well, there's something in a <laughs> Parks uh, and Rec specifically. <sighs> Laughter is amazing uh, in general. I think you know it really is uh, the like feels good. Blood. Like abs it, are working literally without I mean, just you the endorphins, doing the, any like crunches. Right? Just and you you see somebody <laughs> laughing, you laugh yourself. It's just infectious. And I think um, there's there's something that isn't. Uh, played in a lot in that like groan laugh the one where people are like i'm at my line or just over it but damn it that got me and it's like this i, I don't know how to explain it it's like bringing them up to that line of they think is where their comfort is and then you make them laugh just past i think it. yeah being being comfortable that we are with the macabre we're able to uh bring the audience to the point of them feeling uncomfortable yeah. And Tell us, give us an example, it. a very fucked up thing you've done uh, in your comedy. Maybe here's, it, it, here's a show that I remember very well. Um, <laughs> and I apologize for everything I'm about to say, but it happened on stage <laughs> and we won this cage man match. Uh, or the heroes uh, we of are the both, story. Both straight white also, men. Also, I guess if you moment. don't know improv, I, just preface, uh, you can never recount yeah. an improv scene no, and no. it's no. as funny or worse. It's like talking about a dream. It, it, honestly, I mean, yeah. you just... And yes. no one will laugh listening to no, this. No, not at all. No. You no ha- not but when you're person. there, it worked wonderfully yeah. but, in the uh, energy of the room. Just imagine the audience laughing a lot. Let me know that we won and it was funny and no one hated us. Let me see. Let me see if I can make the the audience at home listening uh, laugh chuckle, by just retelling this. So I go for it. Uh, so the good news uh, is they turn it off. It's one, near the end. <laughs> one thing that my re- girlfriend's going to listen to this, so I'll ask her if she laughs. All right, and then I'll report uh, back. Well, in that case, yeah, it's a room full of Jews. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, we uh, the I don't remember. One thing that we do as a team is we try to transition um, seamlessly. So in the course of a scene based on our body position or something that we're holding uh, through space work or something like that, the other person will just suddenly make an initiation that changes the scene in a completely new direction with totally new characters. So I was holding my hands near my chest. Um, I don't remember what I was doing right before that, but it, it, I think it gave I Ryan you were the covering impression. covering up in a robe. That Maybe I was like, like closing a robe or something like that. And he immediately changed because one of our suggestions was teacher. He immediately changed it to a, a scene where he was like, show me what's on your shirt. Show me. And I was like, I don't want to show you. And he was like, show me yeah, your Gregory, shirt. Show me your shirt. And what does it say? And I opened it up and I was like, God hates fags. <laughs> and, and the audience laughed a bunch. Uh, and then. Ryan was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I understand. Yeah, and he like came over to me and he put his hand on my shoulder and then looked around to see if anyone was watching and then started unbuttoning his shirt and then like opened it to show me what he was wearing. Uh, and it was just one of those moments that was like uncomfortably weird because this little kid who felt bad about wearing the shirt said what he was wearing and then the audience had a reaction and then Ryan chose 
to play a teacher who was also of the same mindset as his father, who probably forced him to wear the shirt and then opened his shirt as like a secret to him to show him that they're on the same page as like a way to bond with a kid. So we skirt this line between things that go too far, but also show human bonding between people that could also be monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this weird, weird line. Plus, I think a thing that sells it is how much fun we have on stage. We're like, we very much perform from a place of joy. So no matter how dark it gets, we're always on the verge of like trying to make each other break or like, yeah, just very playful, even in the dark, doing these moves that uh, are always trying to kind of throw each other off a little bit because they're always the unexpected move, even though we've been playing together for seven years, it's like, yeah. And uh, that was probably five or six this? years ago, which is why that F word was a lot funnier in the moment. Uh, and then you learn now that, you know, maybe not so much. So, uh, so we haven't used that. So did it feel risky? And, you know, as improvisers ourselves, Stephen and I, we maybe know what it's like to try and push boundaries or maybe feel sometimes or okay i'm, I'm about to push boundary how does it gonna well, feel like what part of your brain is doing the job and what you know the frontal I, cortex is saying wait you can piss everybody off or I how does it feel think um i think we there's no conscious effort i think it's a natural um place that we live in and we find that comedy so i think it's it's not a conscious um thought of like Oh, maybe we shouldn't. And it's usually too, like that audience is giving you uh, an energy and a direction. They are kind of your directors. And if you listen to them, um, you can get them to, to find the, the funniest things or or you can piss them off if you just ignore that. Yeah. And I think I will say there was the show and we, we have done it that it hasn't landed as well, because mm. I think, too, we miss the human quality. And we another thing is as far as we try and push that line or is as dark as we go and still try to be comedic. Uh, there's heart to it and there's a justification. There's a reason. It's never, you know, blue or dark for dark's sake. It's not like you just jump there. It's very much a, a process. And I think that's why we're able to kind of get away with it. Okay, and I would say like the show in Portland was a little off because that's also a very, uh, very liberal town. Oh, yeah. And I think we didn't find that grounding human quality to the scenes. And there were more... Uh, you were just redoing that scene that you just told me about, yeah. right? <laughs> no, was, right. Yeah, when you started dropping slurs. This, yeah, is, exactly. this is one of our type five scenes. That yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so I think I think more often than not, though, and that's that's a reminder to us, I think, too, when we go when we talk about the shows after and we were like, yeah, that's what we were missing. And that's why... And I mean, there's, there's a level of... When he asks me in a scene, what does your shirt say? And I'm like, I don't want to show you. And he's like, show me your shirt. I know as an improviser, it's probably got to be bad mm -hmm. or else why am I trying to hide it? So I can either mm -hmm. make a very strong choice at the risk of offending people or a softer choice at, at the risk of my integrity as a performer wanting to like do the strong choice or trying to placate the audience by being like, it says, I hate Charizards. Yeah, and but then big it's risks like, oh, get big we're, rewards. We're, yeah, and if so you play safe, chose, then you're not knocking it out of the park. If it's something that I'm embarrassed to show you and you want me to show it, then it's got to be bad enough for me not to want to say it. Yeah. So that's where that choice came from. And I said it. No regrets, because then you that's how your careers got started right and you became uh, heads of uh nbc right? Uh, yeah right 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 and now you know and, uh, and i actually just president. i just took over the uh yeah. the helm at miramax uh, but we left that to do a podcast <laughs> tour across uh the nation so uh, <laughs> uh i i think we um 
I mean, kind of bringing it uh, back to death a little bit. Um, uh, one improv of our... is death, and death is improv. Well, you can die on stage for sure. And, that, um, and every, we show, have a every show only lives once. Yeah, very true. You can't, again, that comes it, back to the and retelling it never of improv. reads as well on film. Right. Show low. Um, <laughs> show low. Thank you. Uh, let's yep. just give the audience time to laugh. Yeah, let's go get tattoos. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> I hope you're laughing. Megan, I hope you're laughing. Um, our good friend uh, Jason Murphy was uh, amazingly talented. So he he died um, uh, two and a half, three years ago, almost three years ago in September this year. Um, and he was uh, he was incredible. He was a insanely talented actor. Um, he was an amazing comedian, uh, an incredible friend. Everybody loved him, uh, but. God damn it, he was so dark um, and uh, infectious. And he just, it was somebody that we shared that with. Uh, and I think that was uh, almost now um, in a defiant quality. We hold on to that dark comedy and that darkness mm -hmm. because it was like that thing that uh, it's not common. It doesn't happen often, but when done well is so unique. And so it's a way, I think, for people to confront uh, dark or scary or uncomfortable issues and laugh through it. I think you can laugh through anything to help get you through that. Um, and I, Justin and him did a, a two-person show called um, uh, uh, Chambers of Death. And Justin, <laughs> Justin would uh, do a completely um, uh, silent uh, scene. Um, and Jason would be in the lighting and sound booth controlling uh, the music. He would put in uh, voices uh, himself. He was almost like kind of live directing. Um, and they had this insane, it uh, wasn't, uh, actually, I would say almost always, I don't think I've ever, I ever saw a funny one. It's not uh, mm. that it was funny. It was, uh, it was dark. It was real. It was captivating. The audience would sit in silence for 15 to 20 minutes uh and some crying a bit it just was it was a way to i think it was so different it was so it was a way to confront yeah, it and see it. it yeah honestly yeah. and it was so it was honest it was real and i think it was putting something people aren't uh used to or talk about a lot like the ideas of death and dark uh topics and it, it they were forced to kind of live in that and experience it and i think little tastes of that make it less scary the more you see it it makes it less um uh, like I think you feel lost a little less. Uh. I recently watched a clip of Jason Madzuka's talk about improv, and he was always one of my favorite improvisers. And he was talking about just that, like how he's not looking for laughs on stage at this point. Like he he doesn't want people almost to laugh. He's he wants the laugh, the first laughter to happen like 20, 30 minutes into the show. Like he wants people just to be on the edge of their seats and just being engaged in whatever is going on. And he's like, it's it's like this thing people think that laughter is everything in improv, but he's like, but that's how like okay improv happens. It's it, Reactions are what is important. Reactions from your audience. So I completely agree with that. I think um, we were also founding members of a um, an improvised movie team uh, that improvises a, a, an hour long live action movie with stunts and stuff. But that we've always said as well, there were shows where um, we would do, uh, yeah, 20 minutes uh, of a scene or a part of a movie where it, it was, the audience wasn't uproariously laughing. They weren't even chuckling. They were so silent. And there would be reveals that we kind of like 
like you would see in a movie and the audience would gasp like audibly a whole audience would go like couldn't believe the turn they didn't see it coming and I think like I get chills thinking of that too because I do if you can captivate an audience in any way up there uh you're doing your job and I agree with that I don't laughter isn't the end all be all it's just one avenue yeah and the most memorable show that I remember from year like not the I did but that Jason Mazzucas did was you know his one man silent um 20 minute set he did at cage match at ucb where i don't remember anybody laughing like in that whole show mm-hmm. but it, like he basically was just the lonely man who lives in this apartment he watches tv jerks off and then kills himself and like that's it and you know he won the cage match at the time and it was like one of the best things i've ever seen but um there was no laughter and if anybody laughed it was yeah. more like nervous like uh, okay what's the next thing like but it's you know as an improviser on stage, you you hopefully have a palpable connection with the audience where you know if they're engaged or not in this process that's happening. Yeah, and improv is, is a form of art, and I think art is, is such a broad umbrella. And I think um, being uh, an artist and a performer, then when you're up on stage, I think any of those outlets, any of those avenues, serious, uh, dramatic, uh, the comedic side or take or, you know, ideally a little bit of a, a, all of them. Um, it's just, it's, it's a rush and it's a high that's, uh, uh, unparalleled for sure. Okay. Well, so as we start to think about wrapping up here, I wonder, is there, are there any, is there anything that any of us have to say about this idea of confronting death that, uh, that we, that you haven't said yet, anything that you want to get out there? Oh, I don't know. Anything come to your mind? I mean, it's certainly it's an ongoing process oh. for everybody, I guess. It's well, not something you, that just... I'll, I'll although start. for Sasha, you yeah. know, you take a, a lot of psychedelics and it and it comes to you through that. Well, also recently I almost died. What felt like I almost died recently was an episode when I went to Mexico for a destination wedding in Sayulita, Mexico. And I don't really drink alcohol but i was sick i had a cough and my boyfriend's sister's wedding was that night it was new year's eve and so i didn't want to cough and be like in pain because i had this cold that won't go away at the wedding so i made my boyfriend go and like buy a cough syrup that um uh would like suppress the cough and there are a lot of you know um pharmacies there that uh have viagra or you know uh you know other cough suppressants well, like stuff uh, <laughs> stuff that would be prescription here but over the counter sure there, and it's saying? because you know yeah. there, there's just exactly because there's just enough people coming there yeah. you know doing and and i i i just need a cough syrup and so my boyfriend found this cough syrup and had vicks on i should have known because it had vicks on it in a different font mm. like not mm. the familiar right. vicks font and so i was taking it and then in the middle of the night i woke up like dying I woke up thinking it's either I'm having a heart attack or uh, a stroke. So I got up and, um, you know, because sometimes you get up and you have this like uh, head rush yep. where everything's going to black and you're just like, yep. oh, stars everywhere. So that was like ongoing thing. And I couldn't walk and I was just like passing out on the floor. And I was just like, we need to get a doctor. And so it ended up with my boyfriend fine because he doesn't speak Spanish. I'm the only one who do who does uh, out of that whole party, wedding party. But um I couldn't talk. I, I was talking like enough to be like, this is serious. You need to get somebody, but I couldn't get out there. And so my boyfriend had to find a doctor in the same hotel who came and said, I probably OD'd on uh, codeine-laced uh, cough syrup. Oh, yeah. But so how was, was your cough? Time. 
yeah. Yeah. my cough was gone. Gone. Was, I was, I was like, I was this. Hasn't coughed I got to this more day. attention at the wedding for not coughing than the, yeah. the, the, the sister. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is that the one thing is I thought I'm dying and I didn't know it was the cough. I really thought that I wasn't ready to go, and that was like mm. the one thing that I experienced. It wasn't so much the fear. What's the next thing? Because I was, as I really hundred percent thought I'm dying, and I just need a doctor to save me. I felt like the one thing I was like, I'm not ready. I still want more writing to do. I want more comedy to do. I'm going to miss not seeing my dogs before I die. Yeah. And it was like that not ready thing happening and being like, that's just too fucking early. There's so much more stuff I need to do. And I think that's like an important reminder that maybe people do bring back if they feel like they came back from the dead. A hundred percent. And that I, I was a little stumped when you had asked the question, but I think um, after hearing that, I, I agree with you. And I think an, another thing that is so often uh, said, but I don't think truly uh, understood or believed uh, or maybe even thought about is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to have kids. I, my wife and I, Carrie and I are just going to uh, adopt all the dogs we can, give them the How best How many life. you got so far? We have two. They're brothers. Okay. They're tiny. They're eight. And so uh, I know, you know, we know they're not going to live as long as us. We know they're going to go. Um, and that is very hard to think about. But mm. because of that and because of um, losing Jason uh, so unexpectedly, and that was my big first experience, I think, with death head on, um, it, I truly do believe and I'm constantly reminded when I think of that, like I'm going to lose them. I don't want to lose Carrie and I lost Jason. It's that, that uh, loss and that fear of loss that I think really makes you live each day. Uh, to the fullest you got to remember that that those times like I remember I mean there's times where I just kind of look at the pups and when I think of that it makes me give them an extra hug I just kind of like cuddle up with them extra it's like you those moments that you're going to cherish as memories uh, and may or may not take uh, across with you to the different plane I, I was uh, I, I know, and I was <laughs> yeah honestly, every day is like, really a gift and, and before really even my is. dog was dying and I thought I was going to lose him I would he taught me that every day is a gift yeah. I would look at him and I'd be like dude you're going to be gone one day it's and the people who chose to have dogs or cats pets as their children there's such like tragedy like to that you know yeah. uh, people who you know know that these children not gonna outlive them yeah. uh and and so looking at spoon i always would say every day is a gift buddy yeah. and and i really like kind of was like renewed like that feeling of like gratefulness for having him yeah. back um having him back like it's just a fucking nightmare like he's just like ready to roll but like he still has stitches yeah. like 10 inch stitch oh, like all over his chest oh, but he's like let's fucking do agility when we're we gonna get back well, all out dogs the actually are, will teach you to love life because you look yeah. at any dog in there the uh, that's why i say i'm a puppy in a human suit i'm genuinely happy uh, for seeing just about anything and uh, that dogs are like that they're just yeah. like hey it's a person he's I like dude i'm feeling this. good he's yeah. like when we're we gonna hit the stage like yeah. fucking let's let's you know murder some you know like you know get some medals murder some yep. other fucking border collars out there so anyway but what i'm saying is that yeah there's definitely you know there's and i was I remember asking my boyfriend like dude like how why does love hurt so much? Like, why is it like loving someone has the oh, fucking so other side of the metal of like different sides the coin, of the same the, coin. Uh, coin? Yeah, yep. uh, coin is like the, you uh, like is the, the the saying goodbye is devastating, and so yeah, it's but that's you know, the reminder but that, that's the enjoy. reminder. There's the more you love, yes. the more I guess you're afraid to lose. So just fucking enjoy every day. That's my you so know. Love harder. It sounds yeah. like Ryan's. Yeah. yeah, same mentality here. What what about you, Justin? Steven? 
Always had a fine and easy time saying goodbye. Uh, <laughs> I welcome death, and I look forward to seeing it uh, face to face. I just, I, I mean, I, I said recently that, I don't know, maybe, uh, I guess maybe I'm a sociopath, uh, but there is like a level of, uh, like family members who should have been close who have passed, and I don't bad an eye <laughs> uh, uh and maybe that's terrible i guess a lot of people would say so um i i i always take the the opportunity to remind ryan <laughs> after his dog spurts that i don't i don't remember the exact numbers but like 60 million dogs are born in the u.s every day and that there's 61 61 i just checked 61 million yeah. and there's no way to adopt all of them like if every human being in america challenge accepted if every human being in america adopted like two dogs there'd still be like 20 million unloved and dying dogs so adopt three or four uh <laughs> which is impossible i'm talking babies babies would have to adopt um great plan dude i'm on board every uh, so give every baby's given a puppy at birth yep uh they grow up together they learn to hunt together one of them is, dies like, while the other one is very young it's like his which dog, is which i don't know you i don't know dead. that dog body scene has dark materials that's what it's going to be but just every person right, right, would right. have a dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> great job. yes uh, my familiar HBO. is a dog that keeps changing <laughs> breeds from one dog to the next and my parents tell me the other ones go to farms <laughs> um no i'm holding this uh, I would say, uh, going, going back, I guess, to the original little question about how to be, how to approach death. <laughs> uh, I would say if you're not like ready to don't do just, it. don't do it. Yeah. If you're not ready, <laughs> don't, do it. Don't, 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 don't make die. the commitment. Don't make the commitment to death. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Um, if you're not ready to go, don't go. Uh, but if you are. <laughs> just wait for it because it's coming it's coming uh <laughs> whether you want it to or don't not don't hold your breath or do yeah or do don't go, go to the doctor <laughs> yeah. or don't uh i don't know i don't know if you need to jerk off and kill yourself if that's how you feel and you're ready to go at least you're going out having jade there's one guy listening that's going like i just needed to hear it i just needed to hear <laughs> that, that was yeah. that was the push that's that it. i needed thank you red door <laughs> jason manzoukas was found dead <laughs> <laughs> i would feel so responsible oh, for killing but, but it also be bad. like hey he was a listener yeah. uh, that's yeah. cool. pretty cool you know, and that's a big it. win yeah. that's a big win yeah i mean i think i feel similarly to justin like yeah I, dogs <laughs> we should eat them right yeah. Yeah. there's too many of them well i've always been a cat person anyway Thank uh, you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I was. So is Justin. That might be a trait of which animal you love. Uh, how you have feelings like that? I have three cats, though, too. Yeah, so it goes both ways, animals. also. There's yeah. like uh, 60 million dogs, and it's like 40 million cats <laughs> born every day. Whichever one has bigger litters. I guess maybe cats. Maybe mm -hmm. it's like 90 yeah. million cats. More like born, but like fewer million. survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because of how delicious they are. Uh -huh. uh, for the <laughs> mother she eats the placenta <laughs> and the first and second born <laughs> i think uh i've i've always kind of had this feeling that like if if today was the day i think that's okay uh like if i'm going out today i'm then it happens you know yeah. uh and like i'm not you did planning what you did. It. <laughs> right like 
everything that happened up to that moment happened. The uh, universe will continue on when we were all dead because the planet has decided to stop supporting uh, well, our. She did it. So in like awful five years, ways, <laughs> yeah. uh, we did it to her. You know the planet. The planet will continue to exist and eventually will thrive once again. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys again then. <laughs> Uh, that's not gonna happen (laughs) passing dust in the cosmic stream but the sun will become a red dwarf and it's all gonna well eventually we'll we'll the heat death of the entire universe will occur what movie is that what Uh, movie is that i don't know it's sunshine sunshine. (laughs) or the core Uh, or just the waves from beetlejuice when it finally supernovas 300 million years ago so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I experienced a first-person uh, near-death experience, it would change my attitude on that. But I don't think that I necessarily have a bad attitude toward it. I don't know. You know, I've... Uh, almost sounds indifferent, not bad. It's just kind of like... Well, in the same way that, like, and an indifference human and... influence on the universe is negligible negligible right it's it's It's, nothing yeah it doesn't it's not there we are one of my favorite pictures is uh and a quote from carl sagan is the uh, a voyager turned back and took a picture of earth in a a beam of sunlight and it looks like a speck of dust Mm. and that to me has been always been like since and it it, i'm i'm butchering the quote (laughs) uh but it was just that anyone everyone you've ever known from history that's ever lived has been on that tiny little speck and that's the way too i'm like these the problems of like the way you live isn't the way i live and that's wrong or the wars that are fought they're so stupid and they're so uh, like there's just no point to them because that picture alone to me is like that and that's just that's just like it's still super close to what we can see Mm there is there's so much out there yeah. It was sloppy and it was long, but that's word for word, Carl. <laughs> word for word, yeah. He was including the brilliant brilliant scientist. Like, I'm just getting check. the quote wrong. Yeah. But yeah. It's, uh, it's stupid. <laughs> Everybody says. Well, he was high on shrooms when he said it. So. I <laughs> hope so. Uh, yeah, I, and that idea in itself could be like a daunting concept that might make someone feel small, which is because we are, it but also so. like it also makes you realize that like this is all there is the interactions that you have with the people around you day to day the life that you have today is all that you have so you know don't worry about a grander plan or anything like that because the only thing guaranteed is the moment you're in yeah god absolutely that was that's definitely (laughs) that's when he sobered up yeah 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 yeah. i'm uh i'm gonna butcher this quote uh But I think it was Jesus who said, uh, uh, I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the end is near. Yeah. <laughs> Just get on board. Uh, all right. So usually uh, when we uh, we will rate the topic at the end of the episode. Uh, Six. And I feel, yeah. Well, I feel like the Wait, topic here <laughs> kind of is confronting death. Right, because we're not really, that's kind of the thing we've been talking about this whole time is like uh, rec- reckoning with death. Uh, versus existence and so yeah i don't think there's enough known about death itself to make that the topic for sure and so usually what sasha and i do is we will uh, when it's when it's like a movie or something we'll pick we'll find like a scale you know like what's a 10 on this scale and then we'll try to place life is definitely a 10 uh yeah okay living is a 10 sure living is a 10 so So then our topic's like it's like a richter (laughs) scale only it's a rigor mortis scale (laughs) great Mm. excellent (laughs) 
Let's brand that. Let's get that on T-shirts. Uh, that's ours now. Okay, Thank that's you. fair. Okay. Uh, fair, fair. Everything so you said belongs to us, by the way. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. Take yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I hope we make the shirts name. from that sketch we were talking about. <laughs> I called it a sketch. <laughs> this whole thing has been a sketch. Uh-huh. I scripted, nonetheless. I I by remember. Paul Schaefer. <laughs> We're inside his head. Yeah. Who knows? Like he's tripping. Paul Schaefer is God. He's and, tripping. Uh, oh. and we're his children. Uh, I, my, uh, my mom had brain surgery a few years ago. And the night before her surgery, my dad told me the story of how his father died of a stroke. Uh, and my dad was there. Uh, and it was like, it was a very... You didn't know about that before, or he just got into details of that? I knew that his dad had died of a stroke. I did not know that, like, my dad was there that night, and his father was, like, screaming, this is the worst headache I've ever had, and then died. Oh, wow. Uh, and not exactly, like, what I would have requested to hear the night before my mom had brain surgery, but... Those kind of stories. Just to confirm, she's doing good. Oh well, yeah, she's great. She's she's doing the great. New now. Brain is <laughs> the well, new brain is. Right. Uh, she's, she's a totally, totally different, different person. person. Totally but different. Her, her, she but calls herself great. Heather from yeah. Colorado. They are mommy evil. My sister has been in coma for twenty-two years. But those kind of stories are important to to understand where where we come from, where we go, quote unquote. And I think the idea of confronting death is very important for everyone. I think if you're hiding uh, that consideration behind like an idea, just like a blind idea of heaven and all that, I, I don't think you're benefiting yourself. I think it's great to believe in heaven if that is part of your belief system. But I think confronting the concept of death is very important. I'm going to give it a 10. Whoa. Good I'm going to give that a 10 as well. But I will also take death as itself and like how important it is that exi- like. Not confronting death, but death itself. And okay. I would also put it on a scale. And uh, I would put it at five. Yeah. Uh, death itself. Neutral. Yeah. Very yeah. neutral. Because See, death itself, I also have to give a 10. Because without it, uh, we'd be screwed. Every, if, yeah. if everyone in history was still alive, oh boy. Well, uh, but I feel like some people maybe should live forever like myself well, or whatever yeah anyway but specifically uh-huh. me no, everyone no. else and uh, vampires were real <laughs> no but i would put it in neutral because yeah it's just really quite hard to qualify uh death because it's just hard to imagine our world yeah without it you know and how we'd feel about each other and well, everything else i'm really glad there. that we switched that last night and didn't come in with improv i feel like that would have been a two from both of you <laughs> what about you hate it improv i give improv a one and i'll tell you why too many schools too many sexual scandals uh not enough um, stage time uh i'll say two things um wow. one you reminded me that uh uh I've already mentioned that uh, I'm not very close with my extended family. I also uh, regretfully am so not. So death of those aunts meant nothing to you? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, in fact, I knew one of them died, but only was just recently reminded that it happened just like a month ago. And my mom was real sad about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I was home for a visit. And I have uh, officially now been home twice in the last eight years. And they've both been in the last like year. Um, but the first time I had been back was uh, last year around September when my dad uh, sent me a text message <laughs> that was like, 
hey, I'm having a, having a big surgery uh, in like two weeks. Um, it'd be nice if you flew in in case I died so your mom would have someone to be around. <laughs> and I was like, well, there's the text I wanted to get. <laughs> So I flew in and they're both doing fine. And me and my, uh, like, uh, immediate family are actually super cool. Uh, I just don't really call them much or talk or visit. Um, but they're there. Um, second, I would say in terms of death, uh, I just had to look it up cause I couldn't remember the guy's name, but just recently a folk singer named Dave Olney, uh, died on stage during a concert and he was playing songs and then he just stopped playing and apologized to the audience and then just died sitting in his chair. And if From there's a heart a, attack, <laughs> I think so. Just, that was wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, he uh, was finally able to leap cause he'd played his millionth show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Uh, but he like went out not only in the middle of doing what he loved, but like after a career of doing what he loved, and I think um, I don't necessarily want to die mid improv show, <laughs> uh, but like I'd finish if I I know I know you yeah. would. Uh, people would have been like, "Dude, Justin's commitment to wow. the point where we buried him." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking spot on. Uh, I wonder what he's doing right now. The answer is nothing. The one inch um, punch. <laughs> yeah. When Ryan kept fisting his dead butt and he didn't wake up. What a hilarious bit. I Not actually know about uh, the death of this guy because yeah. we had a former guest uh, and we have an episode of uh, two authors who wrote a book about performers who die on stage. Mm -hmm. And oh, so wow. now they post on Facebook constantly. Uh, Bert Kearns and Jeff Abrams, they constantly post on Facebook about like the new people who die on stage. And so <laughs> it's, it's the trend now. It happens. New people who die on stage. It happens more than you think, a, apparently. They have a yeah. full book. They have a blog. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called The Show Won't Go On if you guys want Ooh. to check it out. <laughs> I do, actually. Or our podcast. It's that called great. Curtains. <laughs> yeah. uh, that'll be the sequel. But so then, Justin, can you rate... Uh, if I had to rate this experience, yeah, this podcast, oh, this experience of recording this podcast, how, uh, how, and it only goes to ten. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'll give it a ten with you. <laughs> Cats all day, ten, ten, ten. Uh, I, I, yeah, I too, I too. I think um, uh, it, it's again, it's not something I think about too, too often. But when I, I think this has been such a cool conversation, and I think too, uh, death is inevitable. It's like we said, uh, two sides of the same coin: life and death. Uh, I, I would give it a 10 because I was uh, very uh, captivated by our conversation. You yeah, guys have been very... people don't talk about it very much. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's it... something that doesn't get brought up. Well, no, because you're not like hanging out at a bar and uh, you're going to talk about all the cool things One you're doing lately. Or... So yeah, we'll just we might die. die. So in some ways, this podcast has been confronting death and yeah. this is what you rate a 10. This has been uh, yeah, I your experience so. of confronting death. Because I'm well, scared to death of death. We can talk. We can talk every day about improv and be no richer as human beings. But I think talking about something as inevitable as the end of our lives in an open forum yeah. does warrant yeah. a higher score because I think it has more meat. Oh, cool, pickle Rick! Uh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> perfect. Yep, great. Uh, I've um, been doing it since childhood. Since uh, I was six years old, I walked across the street to Ryan Ganley's garage and started talking to a bunch of kids about, you know, we just die. <laughs> One day we're just gonna die. You left out the part where he you got... opened the shoebox and there was a squirrel in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then later that day, my mom uh, got a call from his parents and she said, "You can't 
have conversations like that. that anymore. We're telling our kid he'll <laughs> live forever. But granted, his mom didn't let him, uh, Stephen, also tell that Santa Claus doesn't exist. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But, well, also, his neighbor kid was uh, did have stage four cancer, so he probably should have brought it up. <laughs> yeah, he was also a devout Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, real quick, Sasha, is there anything from the last week or so that you've encountered that you would like our audience members to shut up and love? Uh, sure. We, I, I brought up, um, or God brought up, uh, his Dark Materials, uh, shows streaming on HBO based on series of books. Mm-hmm. Um, really good. Um, I would give it like a A- minus because like, towards the end it gets a little... I don't know, lazy maybe storytelling, but overall really great show, um, amazing actress, uh, don't know anybody's names. Mm-hmm. Lin Manuel Miranda's on that. Yeah, he's like the lesser exciting person. I love <laughs> Hamilton, but I just didn't think he did that. <laughs> there wasn't enough rapping in his dark <laughs> materials. <laughs> I, I believe James McAvoy's in it. Oh, yes, he, he is. is. Yes, he he, he oh, is. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Um, what about you, Steven? Uh, I recently saw a movie that's probably out of theaters already uh, called The Rhythm Section. Uh, yeah, how was it by, about that? It's, it's good. Uh, it got really bad reviews, and I don't know why. Because, um, well, look, so it's about a woman who's, speaking of death, her family dies in a plane crash, and she finds out that it um, was not an accident. And she kind of goes on this quest for revenge. That's kind of how she confronts death. Uh, and it stars Blake Lively. It's directed by Reed Morano. And uh, it's really well made, really well directed, very well edited. Uh, the ending is not great, but it's a really solid action movie that I enjoyed watching. And I don't know why it got such poor reviews. And uh, I wish it had not. So, it listeners. Didn't, it didn't have enough money behind it to buy good reviews mm. if, yeah got him there's a little insight for you hollywood yeah. you pieces of shit uh, please hire us <laughs> uh speaking of hiring is there anything you'd like to plug uh this leaky dam uh nailed it <laughs> How can you they guys, not hire us with gold <laughs> spinning out of our mouth? You like guys barely anybody's uh, adapting the little Dutch boy right now, and I think uh, we have we have a lock on it. You guys mentioned your uh, your your movie form team. Do you guys have uh, a regular show? Do you know show? all the shows we have coming up? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, the twenty third, I think, is our next. It's the fourth Sunday of the month at UCB Sunset um, at ten, nine p.m. Yeah, Whoops. great, great job. Uh, 9 p.m., uh, called The Resistance. That one's a lot of fun. Fully lit and scored. Um, and then we, we've got writing projects we're doing, we, so uh, you might see that later. Anything you we, uh, can share with your writing projects? What's... Uh, well, uh, that, the where... little boy in the dam. Yeah, uh, I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a universe. Dutch uh, Oven <laughs> will be uh-huh. coming out this summer. Right. Um, <laughs> it's about a young boy's sexual awakening. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's written by Paul Schrader. Uh, <laughs> Directed by Paul Schrader. Uh-huh. Directed Directed by Paul Schaefer, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, <laughs> yeah. that reform one only in Newfoundland, not Newfoundland, the Netherlands. That's Dutch. Netherlands, yeah. but Newfoundland. But is, is the dog Newfoundland? That's the Canadian is the dog Dutch. It's the stars in it. Yes. <laughs> um, improvisationally, uh, we'll be, I think, hopefully performing in the OC for their festival coming up in a couple of months. I think we're headlining a show at the Coachella Valley Improv mm-hmm. Festival in May. Uh, that same movie group will be doing a live dub of a 1977 movie called Yeti giant (laughs) of the 20th century, which is like some crazy, uh, crazy, ridiculous, low budget, 
like C slash B movie. And we'll be doing that at the club partnering with this secret movie club, which does a bunch of screenings throughout LA. Um, and that's on the 19th, which is a Wednesday. Yeah. I, yeah. And anything else that comes up uh, between this recording and uh, when you decide to look this up, uh, <laughs> Red Door Comedy on any of the social media or Resistance Comedy is, are two of them that you can find. And we'll post about that stuff uh, maybe day of. <laughs> yeah, probably just a couple yeah. hours before. Yeah. So, so, be so check every day. Yeah. <laughs> At every moment. Check multiple times every day. Yeah. 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 Make the alert on your Google. Exactly. Yes. On your Google. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for coming here. Yeah. Uh, you guys, honestly, thank you so much for having us. This was awesome. Right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for opening up. This was a very personal episode. Yeah. And uh, um, well, thank you. Carlton Gillespie for videos. Yeah, thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for our theme music. Thank awesome. you, Elizabeth Sulud, for artwork. Thank you, Jay Hunter, for production support. And thank you for listening. Thank you, Carl Sagan, for the quotes. Oh.